River Kingdoms are an ever-warring group of city-states, kingdoms, and fiefdoms, where lives are threatened every day by conquerors, wars, assassinations, games of politics, and dangerous monsters. South of Mavoy sits the Stolen Lands, stolen from me and my kind, and degenerated into savage conflict. I have been called by many names, Titania, Nerissa, the Queen of Forgotten Time. Herein lies the end of Stagthorn's tale, where Caelan Peacebringer has finally taken control of the wilderness, monsters, romantic entanglements, the affairs of ancient gods, and war. I will lift the heavy burden from his head and bring Stagthorn peace forever. Sugarfueled Gamers, in association with RPGMP3.com, present Kingmaker, a Paizo Adventure Path. Episode 148. When last we left you, uh, terrible, terrible things... Uh, Jabwocky attacks on Stagthorn. Yes. And Kaelin and um, Bryn brutally slew it after getting the... Uh, and only nearly got driven horribly permanently insane. Yep. You um, have... M- 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 brave men lost their lives and um, numerous citizenry were injured or um, damaged and buildings were wrecked and it was all very traumatic, but we did make it out the other side. Yep. And uh, then you have made it and staggered off to bed and had a pleasant night's rest. Which Kaelin was well due. <laughs> yep. And then a few days of downtime not fighting and training and stabbing things. Yes, to recover from uh, D. Feral Orc Kaelin before he um, becomes a danger to himself and others. Yep. And um, these days have passed, and Kaelin is feeling more himself and returning to a more normal schedule. Yep. And um, the citizens of um, Stagthorn have weathered a massive, massive, massive fey incursion, and um, have a short period of relative peace before um, Kaelin go pokes the fey with a stick again. Yep. So there are. Uh, several short-term relevant points to be made here and a couple of little scenes to skip between that I can skip between. Yep, I'm um, I'm all set to do stuff. Okay, so one of these, um, I will probably just montage and rate this to you because it's fairly easy. Um, reports start to trickle into Kaelin over the next several days of what's been happening in the kingdom and blah, blah, blah. Uh, you do not have reports of blooms that you are unaware of. Something that you are unaware of that will trickle in. Um, uh, Kaelin's probably brought up to speed that Littleton has disappeared at this yeah. point. Mm-hmm. Um, but something that hasn't been brought up on screen yet is that there have been a string of earthquakes and weird weather disturbances and shocks across the land um, in the vicinity of Pytax and in the vicinity of Thousand Voices, which is why it gets reported to you several days ago, um, the timeline for these things correlates to when you have killed um, prominent blooms off. Right. 
Um, when you've killed the Nightmare Brook, there has been a massive earthquake in the vicinity of the Forest of a Thousand Voices. Yeah. Not huge in intensity. We're talking something like sort of four on the Richter scale, but it's gone on for some hours. Yeah. Um, and then similar again, but more intense when you have killed the Jabberwocky. Yeah. Um, so there is a direct connection between... Um, defeating these blooms has had an actual impact on uh, the Forest of a Thousand Voices. Yeah. Um, which Tristan can fairly easily tell you is probably because it is having an impact on the Fable as well. Yeah. Um, more than that, he cannot tell you without actually going and looking at things and poking things and researching it and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But that one I wanted to report in. Yeah. Uh, the next one is after a few days, depending on how Kalen's feeling, like when he gets back to his usual sort of training schedule, his, his usual one. Yeah, so after a couple, uh, after three or four days, Kalen is back to a more usual schedule. Yeah. So after three or four days, Kalen is back to his usual schedule. You are training in the yard. Uh, could you paint a picture of this for me? Sure. So, um... Kalen is, um, working out against, um, six or seven guys from his guard force. Yep. So, um, basically they have practice blades rather than regular blades, and then they all try to kill each other with them. Yep. And it's relatively hardcore, because it keeps Kalen in shape, and it keeps his boys in shape. Yep. And unlike Trailer, you're not, um, paying them to take the fall for you. No, but, um... You know, customarily, it's it's enough guys that Kale is, that's not over and two. It's, it may actually be seven or eight at this point. Yeah, it's enough guys that te- Kalen is genuinely challenged, and he doesn't just like if it's one guy at this point, Kalen just knocks him out. Yeah, well, if, if the the opposite of Dre lives one is essentially you pay your guards a small bounty, like anyone that can kill me, yeah, gets paid a small bounty to ensure that they actually try. As opposed to Drelev, who got very, very upset, and then the guards were fired mysteriously for no reason afterwards when yeah. people beat him. But Kaelin assumes that his um, guys are professionals and want to learn how to fight better, given it's their actual jobs and their lives on the yeah. line. Fair. So what we do is have um, training sessions afterwards sort of thing. And, you know, if the, but I'm training with these guys specifically because they're already some of my higher-end guys. Yep. So setting the scene for this, you are um, sparring with, with eight guys or so. Yeah. Um, it is heading to winter here, so it is wet, it is cold. Um, you turn slightly, pivot, and given that you do get snows and things here, you realise that there is a small patch of frost under your foot. Um, exactly the kind of thing that would lose you this fight, you put your foot on it, you slip in the wrong place, a guard gets a sword to your throat, and you're dead. Yeah. Um, Without really even thinking about it, you put your foot on it, and then find your foot shifting itself slightly to the left, moving away from the patch of frost, and you do not fall, and continue the sparring... And as you get to the end of it, you realise that at least in that and another moment in this, there were two moments where luck would have shifted, brought you down, and it hasn't happened. Uh, You have rolled no ones during this combat. So, 
Like I'm not under Titania's curse, or like I'm back under Titania's blessing? Like you are back under Titania's blessing. Weird. Alright, um, so Kaelin will finish the match as he usually does and clap people on the back and um, offer offer some advice and um, get some advice in turn because yeah. this is a mutual thing, it's not just me teaching them. Yeah. And then get cleaned up a bit and then we'll go find, I think, Bryn because Bryn's one ought to be relatively easy. Yeah, Bryn, in fact, is already coming down to see yeah. you as you are coming off the sparring field. Um Bryn runs up to you, tackles you like a web squirrel. Yeah, uh, Caitlin catches her because he sort of saw this coming. Grabs, sort of wraps herself around you and... You can smell again, love? Mm -hmm. Husband. You smell like Caitlin again. (laughs) She buries her face in your sweaty, sweaty neck. And sniffs extensively. So her sense of smell is back. Excellent. Uh, let's go find the others. I want to know if Tristan and Michaela are alright too. Um, so we can make as much of as little of a scene of this as you want to. I think, um... I, go, I suppose it's only Tristan and Michaela to go. So. Yeah, yeah. So um, we basically track them. I would imagine Tristan and Michaela are together, given that they're n- newly yeah, um, yeah. newly in a relationship. So we'll track them down in the library, let's say. Uh, you two feeling better? Because we're feeling better. Uh, in what way do you mean, Michaela? Uh, Tristan being able to talk again, and your memory's coming back. Oh, well, I can... Already talk. I just can't get overly invested in it, or I find I'm losing some of the words, you understand. Okay, I have memories of lives that I did not lead, if that is what you mean. That what was not, the lives I have not had. But I, as you say this, a, a look of bewilderment crosses her face and she says, but I remember that they did not happen. I know where I sit in Stagthorn. I know where my mother raised me. I know when I went to work for Eldest Thorn. I know it. It's gone. Aye. And it's like we have what we had before. Back. Tristan, who's one, is the really the hardest to define, yeah. um, is actually... Um, now sufficiently cautious that he isn't just going to try and blurt out something complicated yeah. and emotional just for the sake of testing it. Yeah. But is perfectly willing to accept what other people are telling him. Yeah. And indeed, over the next wee while, you will see that his curse has gone as well. Yeah. And he says, oh, well, I mean, that makes a certain amount of sense. I was hoping you would say that. Why is this happening? Uh, it's... As Triss said, as, as, it's as I said to you, as Triss said, Titania is out of generals to send against us. She no longer has enough power to influence the stolen lands outside of the first world. I'm guessing the fable has been rocked, possibly physically, possibly spiritually, possibly both, by the loss of the blooms. Her power is drained. She has given us her favour. She wouldn't have needed to actively remove it again. She can no longer maintain that curse. Well, that's wonderful, and I'm um, very, very happy about it. 
Is it going to come back if we go into the fable? It's possible, but I would think not on the whole. What power she has, she'll want to be marshalling for other purposes. Well, that's wonderful. I couldn't be happier. And Caelan will hug Brick and clap everybody on the back and look really relieved because he felt somewhat personally that everyone got a worse deal than him as far as he's concerned from this. The Fey deals are not, um, like, blessings from your gods. They don't get taken away again because you misbehave slightly, he says, um, in a somewhat cynical voice. And um, um, Caelan looks at him and well, uh, you know... Actually, that kind of felt like exactly what happened. Uh, from a certain point of view, <laughs> but it's very different. <laughs> Fae blessings are an arrangement, a bargain. They're not lightly or easily broken. Mm. Uh, what Tanya was doing was not ever removing them from us. She was merely adding a curse mm. that counteracted the original blessing. But your abilities were never gone, just suppressed. Well, didn't I make this clear? No, we didn't understand your words. Oh, well, that would make a certain amount of sense. Probably nothing to do with the curse, though. (laughs) Anyway, the point is we have what was given to us back, and I'm glad of it. It certainly made me look at these things differently. But, um what was given to be revoked in that way. But I did understand that um, what I was doing in opposing her was very serious for her, and so I sort of understood that. But I'm glad you're not all suffering from something that I got you into. We understood the choice at the time, and we understood the choice now. There was nothing more you could have done. Still... It's a good thing. I can smell again. Mm-hmm. I um, I wanted to check that you two were okay. I think um, Bryn and I have business elsewhere. And Bryn's eyes flicker between the two of them for a moment. She sniffs the air. Oh. Oh. In fact, possibly everyone has business elsewhere. And Caleb is going to book out into the forest with his wife to enjoy the fact that, um, you know... Yeah, she can smell them again. Yeah. It's an important thing for her. Yeah, absolutely. Caelan's happy about it, and he's prepared to, you know, express that happiness. And, you know, possibly Tristram and Michaela want to say sappy things to each other without, now that they can. Or, you know, possibly other things that Caelan doesn't need to know about. Tristan makes way. a vague sort of, oh, no, but we're not, um, as you exit the room. Yeah. As the old married couple, Bryn and I get to go have sex, and, you know, we don't have to be super embarrassed about it. Yeah. Um, so, from a mechanical point of view, curse gone, blessing restored, exactly yep. as it was. You regained the same abilities that you had previously. Um, what Tristan tells you is you would not expect them to go away again unless you spend forever and a day dicking around to the point where the GM says, okay, the blooms are happening again. Yeah. But that's pretty obviously not going to happen over no. the course of the campaign. If you do that, it's because you as the player 
uh, choosing to be a complete moron. Yeah, no, I think, um, yeah, no, I think that the understanding, I'm only planning to take three or four months about the interkingdom break, but I explicitly expect you to give me a warning before I hit the magic Titania's starting up again. Yeah, yeah, Tristan is estimating-ish a, you know, several months to a year before she would regain enough power. And even then, it's a question of how much power she wants to regain, because there's probably not a lot of merit in mustering her power, sending a flying owlbear bloom against you, immediately getting it defeated, and then going back to doing nothing. Presumably the goal was they all hit at roughly the same time so that we get overwhelmed. Correct. Which is why she didn't deploy, like, a giant wyvern, everyone fights the giant wyvern, and then... A um, nightmare rook. Everybody fights the nightmare rook, and the kingdom can deploy all of its resources against each bloom sequentially. Correct. Now her plan didn't work, but presuming that it did, Kaylin goes off to fight Triss. Yeah. Um, ideal world, Triss beats you and takes the swords off you. Yeah. Slightly less ideal world, you get trapped in time. Yeah. And your kingdom is overwhelmed while Kaylin is not there to defend it. Yeah. Which is one of the things that nearly happened. Yeah. Um. And then the backup plan from that is, right, I'll basically overwhelm you by repeatedly throwing everything at you. Yeah. And presumably um, there were limitations that prevented her ascending, like the Jabberwocky and the Nightmare Rook at the same time, which makes a lot of sense, as Tristan explains, if you think about them being flowers, which none of them were physically. You can't grow two flowers on the same spot. Yeah, that makes sense. It, it doesn't work. Yeah. You need to root one out and kill it before you can grow the next one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, of course, it would be very useless deploying the Nightmare Rook to, say, Varnhold to go haunt its citizens and not hitting Caitlin. Yeah. Um, or sending the Jabberwocky off to yeah. Well, the I think the, um, the Zootian argument that the very best uh, the very best um, attacks were largely deployed against Alexrest. I mean, Alexrest got the Nightmare Rook, the Jabberwocky, and the biggest Fey army. Yeah. Yeah, old Hooktone was really one of the strongest things that got thrown elsewhere, and that was. Um, uh, she because put, geographically he was there. Yeah, she couldn't have put that anywhere because that was the river that had the giant sea monster in it. Correct. So does that all make sense? It does all make sense. Cubings. Yay, ability back. Yay, party members have ability back. That that feels really good. Yep. Kale and Brynn go off and are happy and there's a general air of happiness in the air. But um, whatever Tristram says, it's definitely, it's definitely different now that she's taken it away. Yes. <laughs> But in all fairness, on the scale of um, where, um, th- you know, one is inconvenienced me and ten is trying to kidnap my children, it's, it's also not the biggest grudge Kaelin's holding. Yeah, the, the one thing that Tristan won't bring up um, I need a six motor check from you. Okay. Cool. 
And she's got some ranks in sense motive, but I don't know how many. Okay, so Bryn will talk to you... Yeah, I've got her in front of me. I just didn't have my dice out. Bryn will talk to you about this briefly after the fact, um, which I'll just montage because yeah. it's not terribly interesting. Uh, the thing of note, however, is that Tristan doesn't tell... Pointedly doesn't bring this up. And also, Michaela doesn't tell you that Tristan was hiding something from you. Ah, yep. Which is the other point of merit here. Yeah. Um, what Tristan doesn't do is he doesn't discuss in any way what happens to these blessings or curses if you kill Titania. Yeah. Whether they stick around or whether they go away or whether they turn back into curses or whatever. Um, he's simply not prepared to talk about that in any fashion. In the sense that he doesn't want to encourage you down that road in any way. Yeah. If the answer is you'll get to keep these blessings even if the source of them dies because they're from a fairy bargain and the power extends beyond her, um, he doesn't want to tell you that. That makes very good sense. I'm already pushing him pretty far. I'm good to not have that conversation. Um, but Caelan would be happy with an outcome where... Um, they stuck around or just went back to neutral and the abilities yeah. were gone. He really doesn't want to get permanently cursed. But yeah, you you can't really imagine, based on what Tristan said, that you'd end up permanently cursed if you kill her, because what he said is Titania has given you this benefit and then has actively suppressed it on top of that. Yeah. So what was actually happening there is you still have the ability of you can't roll natural ones, but also you have this negative ability that says you fail everything on ones and twos and you can roll natural ones. Yeah. Then you've removed one of them. Yeah, it's sort of like if you had some kind of like positive level ability and then someone gave you two negative levels on top of it. Correct. The positive level thing would still technically be there, but it's overwritten by the big, bigger negative buff. Correct. Um, so if that's the case and Titania has been actively holding that suppression on then if she dies, her power goes away with her, so that shouldn't happen again. Yeah. Whether or not you'd keep the blessings, good question. Kaylin doesn't know, Tristan won't tell you. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Cool. Next thing? Yep. Uh, you have the trophy from the Jabberwocky, the piece of the wave. Yep. The... I've got that written, I've got wave in a bottle. Yep. Uh, you have a big pile of stuff from the Jabberwocky. Yep. Uh, and you can dispute this, the player, if you desperately want to, but basically by general consensus, uh, the actual Jabberwocky bit, golden bits are getting melted down because it does indeed turn to gold a few hours later um, and just turned into salt, just turned into gold effectively. Um, as are all the random Bandersnatch pieces that are left through the city. I have no dispute with that, with the exception of the gold Jabberwocky head. Yeah, yeah. Caelan explicitly claimed the gold Jabberwocky head. But what this turn, what this is turning into is it's effectively turning into a pile of gold pieces for Caelan, and then it's turning into a pile of build points for the kingdom. As Lovely. Caelan's well. mm-hmm. in favour of both of those things. So... I have those for you. Yep, I have the Kingdom one out, and I can get the Caelan one out. Okay. So, for the Kingdom, you have basically had this uh, essentially army of creatures scattered all throughout your Kingdom that have suddenly cracked into pieces and turned to gold. Now, a certain amount of your citizenry will have just walked off with whatever golden claws, teeth, or anything else they can find. I I definitely saw that coming. Including some of them that may well have walked off with the backpack-sized grizzly bear torso, if they could get it out and think they can get away with it. 
Uh, can you give me a loyalty check to your kingdom against your control DC, which affects how many build points worth you get out of this, <laughs> and how many how many disappeared surreptitiously before before the, anything could happen? Yeah, um, I make my loyalty check. Cool. Uh, at which point, uh, this is a whopping haul of money worth because you were talking about. Basically, something in the neighborhood of about 50, 50 grizzly bear-sized golden creatures. Yeah. And just solid gold. You melt them down, there's some money lost where you break them up and effectively turn them into gold coins. Yeah. Uh, but you are ending up with 98 build points worth of stuff from this. Woohoo! Then Kalen personally is walking off with 68,000 gold worth. But that's um that's on my treasure sheet, right? Mm-hmm. It still needs division and stuff like that. Cool, sixty-eight thousand. I'll find my treasure sheet. That's your PC level treasure. Yeah, I figured it was. Uh, yeah, and I actually have a bit of loot because um I also have minus the eater of kings. So um, Jabberwocky, sixty-eight thousand. Yes, yeah, so I'll. In addition to what I'll actually do is divide my last treasure haul then by Kaelin's stuff when I get up to that part. Yep. Cool. Um, so that's the good news. Yep. And then the bad news is presumably that two of my buildings got wrecked. Yes, and that um, some of your citizens have gone mad. Yeah. Yes, that's that's bad. Okay. So that was 68 build points? 90. 98, 98, 98. I, I wrote 98, but I just wanted to check because it's, it's such a vast total. Uh, uh, no, my apologies, 108, because nobody stole the 10 that they steal for um, yep. using your flailing your loyalty check. Yep. Uh, and may I have um, Elkshrist, please? Let's see. Uh, sure. Uh, or possibly I already have Elkshrist, City. Yes, that's that's what's happening. I wanted to double check because sometimes they say, "No, you have that," and then it turns out it's actually just under something. It's very embarrassing. I'm happy to find it for you if you pass it to me. I can. I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, there's two pages of it. But it's definitely in there somewhere. Quite a few cities. <laughs> yes, there's certainly there. Well, because most of them are two pages now, it does take up a lot of space. Elkrest, Elkrest two. That should be it. I only have two pages of Elkshrist. If you've got two pages of Elkshrist, that's all of Elkshrist. Two beans. Okay, just give me a second to math some things. Sure. has effectively, um, your building's been damaged by a combination of Bandersnatchers, the Jabberwocky blasting eye rays and sonic death everywhere, and just rampaging around the city in general, and also your citizens have gone mad and burnt bits of the city yeah. and set things on fire or and bashed down doors and stabbed each other and all this sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so that's where this is coming from. Uh, you've got two buildings worth of damage, and then you remember you erased one, didn't you? Because you used Huxley's yeah, ability. Yeah, we u- I used Huxley's ability. Cool. 
on the basis that that was the one I'd be really sorry. I used it on the first card draw on the basis that that was the one I'd be really sorry if the card didn't come up again. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Uh, and at that point, can you give me another loyalty check for your kingdom? I make it. And another one. Make that one too. Okay, so... People have generally not rioted like maniacs. They have acted in a disturbed fashion as yep. opposed to giving in to the impulses that kind of make sense for them. Yep. Uh, one of your houses and your garrison are both trashed, but they're yep. not trashed to pieces. Uh, they effectively they still exist. You can rebuild them for half their price. Cool. So, um... So, um... Let me just work out what that is very quickly because um, the ha- house is um, round up because it's worse too, or round down because it's one because it's three BP for a house. Uh, it's round down because it's always round down in D and D. Cool. So that's one BP for a house, and I believe the garrison's twenty eight. I have no idea. All right. Well, say. I can look it up if you want. No, that's okay. I'll just check it later. House garrison. I'll write it down. There we are. So 15 BP to rebuild out's rest. I already spent um, 15 BP on repairing Fort Drelev. Yeah, 28 for a garrison. Cool. So 14 plus um, 1 for a house is 15. Yep. So it, it's just coincidence that it's the same number. Now, on top of that, yep. uh, basically anyone who has th- failed three saves against that burble has gone insane. Yep. Um, Which is presumably going to be a bunch of people. Because it was flying all over the city, making really loud burbling noises. Yeah, at which point um, they essentially need... Um, Magical curing? Not necessarily, actually. Counseling will bring them back out of it, or at least back to sort of the point where they've just kind of got PTSD, which yeah. they can still function with. Yeah. Um, but I feel like magical healing would be nice. <laughs> um, but in any case... Um, you can either just leave that be and go, oh, well, when the city gets attacked, people die, some people go mad. In this case, it's all good. Or we can actually put some Kingdom Resource into it and fix the problem and not have, potentially have a bigger problem later. Kingdom Resource. Um, the other one being, and I figure you probably don't desperately want to belabor this point um, in terms of what's actually happening with your pe- with your citizens going mad and all that sort of thing. Yeah, I... I, I I I prefer to deal with it on a relatively superficial level. Yeah, so the the point that um, Tristan will make in a passing montage, because he wants to elaborate on this, is basically because the Jabberwocky is a um, partially a creature of the outer darkness, it was made from the wall between um, between the first world and the outer darkness. They made it to fight Eight the, the outer, outer darkness, dark. yeah. and it just turned out to be a terrible idea, so they more or less put it away. Yeah. Um, but because of that, these people have gone mad in the same way they would go mad if they had seen creatures from the outer dark, yeah. had Cthuloid experiences. Yeah. Um, and the point Tristan will lean on is very much sort of saying to Caelan as subtly as he can manage, which is not his big forte, it must be said, you know, this is a terrible thing that's happened. Look at what madness comes. You know, Jamwalkie was built of the outer darkness, you know. Thank goodness Galarian was spared this by the sacrifices, you know, that Oberon, Mab, and Titania made for us. Uh, yeah. You know, aren't they wonderful, wonderful people whom we shouldn't, say, behead? Yes. You know, even if they um, were now responsible for the deaths of people, they have also saved a lot of people. Yeah. And that's... He, he will belabor that point somewhere, yeah. but I will not belabor that point to you. Cool. 
Okay, so that is that. Uh, if you want to put resource into curing this, yep. I presume you want to aim for solving the problem entirely, at which point it is a 10 bill point cost. Hell yes. Cool, and minus 10 BP. Fixing crazy people. Which is basically initially triaging. You get yeah. people who can't function anymore, put them in um, homes, essentially. Yeah. Um, then you slowly cure them because it's not like you can just magically mass blast them. No, no, I imagine that's more sort of um, we fund the purchase of... We encourage people to spend their once-a-day spells on curing a person yeah. style of thing yeah. and then over a period of time this resolves. Very much so. And, you know, we have to feed and house and take care of all these people in the interim because it's a slow slow burn kind of thing. Yep. All good. And uh, that is mostly about all I have for you. Um, in terms of what's happening elsewhere, um, at some point in the future, Tristan would like to go down to the Forest, forest of a Thousand Voices, uh, possibly with you, and see what's actually happening there. Uh, he's not planning on making any forays into the first world at this point, but he wants to go down and have a look at things, make some knowledge checks. Yeah. Um, he also wants to do a legend lore on sacrifice at some point. Yeah. Neither of those things are urgent in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. And your reports come back from the Forest of a Thousand Voices that there have been earthquakes, strange lightning strikes, that sort of thing, but no significant damage. The forest is still there. It's still functioning as loud as ever. Scouts are deployed out in it to watch for more fairy invasions coming. None of them are. Um, and you get reports, reports periodically of a castle that sometimes appears dimly on the horizon that then disappears before anyone can really get near it, which is, of course, the Castle of Knives functioning as has been in keeping with what's being described to you. So I think... Um... Uh, I wonder about doing the Tristram stuff before I get into the more... Heavy kingdomy stuff. Sure. Um, because there's a, what I actually want to do is have a bit of a conversation with Tristram once things have calmed down, which can be kind of on the way down to the Forest of a Thousand Voices. Yeah. Because I definitely like to go with him and make certain he doesn't get sucked into the first world or eaten or anything like it, that. It's fair, yeah. Um, so, um, are you cool with sort of a. On the first night, we're kind of out in a campfire somewhere. Yep. Now, um, may I ask, as the GM, what are you planning on talking to him about? Um, whether, whether we can save Titania. Cool. Um, at which point I would suggest that you do the legend law first, because that may... Um, provide useful provide information. Provide some clarity of some Cool. Kind. That sounds fine. So, do you want to work on a legend law for sacrifice? Or? I have, in fact, already done one. Cool. This was going to happen. All right, sweet. Yes, so we I listen to this first. Okay, so Tristan basically will take the sword from you with yeah. some distaste. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. like to handle it, but he can. Yeah. Um, and goes off and divines on it because he has the actual object. This yeah. is the one hour or less version. Sweet. Which is great because he gets a negative level while he's holding it. Yes. So it's not very hard. Um, you've had these before. Um, and to be honest, Tristan is sufficiently invested and thorough enough that he is going to go through and do them all. Yeah, that's fine. In the varying combinations. Um, 
gatekeeper gave you um, three from one and one of threes from great sacrifice aboard the keys. Mab's blade slays that which never, which should never have been, burns those from beyond and those unseen. Well, one is strong to add to ten when driven by the heart of men. Together stronger than apart, they offer choice to mortal heart. Yep. Um, Gatekeeper produces this. Um, I just need my sheet sheet. These aren't... I am digging through to find my sort of sheet if that's of any help here. It is. Yeah, I've got a um, printed version which is easier for me to decipher than... Sure. Mm -hmm. You're actually reasonably good notes on it. I'm not going to say chicken scratch, but... Um, I mean, my handwriting is relatively difficult to read, and this was relatively complicated and involved me writing quite small prints so I could fit it all in. Presuming, of course, that... But uh, my, ridiculous, my ridiculously powerful magic swords have brought me great joy, so hear me saying that I have enjoyed them. Mm-hmm. That is the rhyme that you got. That is the legend that you got for Gatekeeper originally. Yeah. Um... When you do it in Matchless Sentinel, you get exactly the same result. Yeah. Um, and the bits on it that you couldn't interpret, you can now interpret much more clearly. It slays those which never should have been. It's aberration and chaotic outsider bang. Yeah. Um, burns, burns those from beyond and those unseen. Yeah. It's got blindsight, ethereal sight, like ghost, ghost touch. touch. Yeah. Um, likewise, um, blight. And having established this with the first one, Tristan doesn't bother with the Relentless Hunter and the score of possibilities. He just does Blight and Brian. Yeah. Um, and gets the exact same thing, three of one and one of three is from Great Sacrifice, blah, blah, blah. The next two lines are different for each one. Yeah. And I'm not going to bother doing them because they just tell you what, what their abilities are. are. Yeah. You know, Briar cuts deep. Yeah. Um, and cuts reality kind of thing. Yeah. Um, blight, fix, blight sticks in place. That yep. which would be free. Yeah. Um, then Sacrifice, on the other hand, produces a rhyme that is similar, but different in several places. So I'm going to do the whole thing again. Okay, yep. Yeah. Uh, three from one, one of threes, from great sacrifice are born the keys. Hate and love without peace became two goddesses of different name. What left is that which remains, peace without choice, a heart or pains? To face the menace of peace were Forged Blade's trio, to threaten even the undying a counter-blow. Now mortal become their all three swords, all deeds deserve their just rewards. An end can also be a start, they offer choice to mortal heart. Cool. Uh, and you, if you want the that, you can have it. Yeah, I'll just have a look-see at it. It's the bottom one on there, the top yeah. one's gatekeeper. Cool. Interestingly, it tells you almost nothing about Sacrifice's actual abilities, and yeah. just goes off on a completely different tangent. Yeah. So Tristan will come back, and he'll say, I've heard the whispers from the first world, and blah, 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 blah. Well, let's get out on the road. You wanted to have a look at Thousand Voices, and um, there's something that I'd like to speak to you about. Understood. 
Magical horse. Magical horse. Dun, 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 dun. So a long way, a long way towards Pytash. Yep. That night we camp on the road, and um, Kale, like we're sitting around the fire, and Kalen will be sitting, you know, cross-legged next to the fire, holding sacrifice in it, with sacrifice lying across his lap. What you said to her and to me before the Jabberwocky came out has been bothering me. If you really think she's not got no choice in this, then how can we save her? She can't choose otherwise. No. She has to keep doing this. I don't mean to suggest that they don't have free will, but... They are their nature. It's complicated. You can... He thinks about this. Like, he he, he really struggles with this. And he says, sorry, it's, it's a little like trying to explain colour to someone blind. I, I don't quite know where to start. Um, you have the orc blood in you. Ah. I know you feel it on some level still. When you get angry when you get frustrated enough. It starts to slip out of your control. You could, if you wanted to, be Garnet Bonepicker. <laughs> or an equal savage. <laughs> I'd be a better savage than Garnet Bonepicker, but I... You could, if you so chose, be somebody like Archibald Amadeus and be somebody who desperately enjoyed fancy balls and fine wines and pontificating and dandyish, foppish behaviour. It's more of a stretch, but certainly someone like me could be someone like that. You'd have to work a lot harder at it, but if you decided, for example, that you wanted to invest your life in appreciating fine wines and silks, you'd become a lot better at it. Aye. But that all blood would still be there, even under all that. And when you got angry enough, it would still come out. Your nature will always drive you to some extent. It's like that with the Fae, but much more so. And the higher up you go in the Fae, the less resistant to their own nature they are. I can make choices that Titania cannot. I'd like to think I'm a man of peace, but I've certainly... Killed plenty of people with my arrows, creatures, things that I needed to, but none of it makes me particularly happy, but I still did it. You made that, even though you were a man of peace, you made that choice to go to war and to defend people. Yes. Titania... Whereas Titania couldn't, in the way that you can... Mm, he, he shrugs slightly. I'm, I'm not entirely sure... I would think she has... I would expect that she has substantively less control over her choices than I do. And I'm also concerned about what happened in the parable, what you learned from Puck. That Oberon and Mab... Was Tristan there? there? No, it's Phil Yeah, I told Tristan a lot about that. Um, I didn't confide necessarily what happened, what Oberon told me about uh, Park and Savannah and Oberon and um, Aristotle, I believe I left that part yeah, out. Correct. 
but I told him everything else, Correct. like the whole story. Yeah, he's, got, Puck, he's got all the Titania-related yeah. aspects. Of the, the whole Puck story, absent the bit where Puck kept trying to kill us in yeah. between narrating bits of it, because I, 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 I decided to skip out that one, even though I'm sure Puck would say that it was, my story was less dramatic. She was, how to put this, a much more complicated three-dimensional individual as a fake lady. She was whole. She was now, whole. And now she's not. They took her love. And they took and it, her, and they took her hate, her anger. And it became, her love became Shailen, who, she's your goddess of love, art, beauty. Not well received, not terribly well received in the River Kingdoms for reasons that we now know. I don't think she'd be altogether comfortable here, but she's nonetheless a powerful force of good on Galerian. And Gairona, a force of hate, discord, but a lesser one, a substantively lesser one. Interesting that Gairona seems perfectly comfortable here. I think you could appreciate this one. Ever hated somebody because you see all your worst aspects reflected in them? Somebody, uh, say, right. named G. Bonepicker yeah. or Gunnack. B? Uh, I, yes, I, um, yes, there were reasons it was personal for me with Garnak. I know you've had your own experiences and probably much tougher ones with seeing someone who's just like you except totally different. Yeah, he seems looks <laughs> kind of uncomfortable. You're right, of course. It, it's a, a, similar, a similar circumstance. But, but you, yes, I don't, um, Someone like Drelev I hated because he was a bad king and because he hurt people. And it was a little personal because he kept doing things that really pissed me off, but it wasn't super personal. And someone like Iravetti I occasionally hated because he kept outthinking me. And then I'd try really hard to come up with a cleverer plan and then he'd outthink me again. But I, it, I knew he was someone who was trying to be a good person in his own way. Whereas with Garnack, it was... I couldn't help, but... Every single thing about him just seemed to be constructed to get under my skin, and... I mean, obviously he was a real person who was his own man. It was just a coincidence that he happened to be right on the nose for me, but... But it made it personal because you felt uncomfortable around him. Aye. You didn't like the reflection of what you could be. Aye. Because you don't like to think about yourself like that. You don't like to think about those aspects of yourself. Shailen is a goddess of love and beauty, too close to Nerissa, what is left of parts that are no longer a part of her, or I would imagine an uncomfortable reflection for her. Gairona, on the other hand, thrives on hate. She has to hate. It's what she is. So being uncomfortable is actually what she's looking for. Being... Because that makes her angry. Being in the shadow of Titania, in the shadow of Nerissa, would be like having oil perpetually poured into a fire. Because what happened with Oberon and Puck, the shadows of them, after the after the parable... They told me I wouldn't see them again. They they went on. They went home. Their purpose is fulfilled. The, the kind has the swords. 
There might be other shadows of them walking around out here, but I think less as time goes on. They've moved on. And that's sad in one way, but it's not too bad that they've gone on to something. I don't think this shadow of Titania is meant to still be here. I think one way or another, this is something that we need to stop. Not just for our good, and for the good of everyone in the River Kingdoms, but for her good. But I could just bring everything I've got to bear up at her, but it feels like the wrong thing, the wrong thing to do, the wrong way to do this. But what I don't know, and I'm not sure even after you um, asked those questions about the first world I got the sword, is whether she can choose to let this, whether the sword, with the sword we can give her the ability, whether she can choose to move on at this point whether that's a choice she can make or whether she has to keep fighting for peace because fighting for peace is what she is. Her desire for peace is what made Nerissa, if anything, she probably feels it more strongly than Titania originally did when she kept the world caught in her perpetual, mortal claim caught in a perpetual loop to keep them from going back to war, to keep them raising, the, risking the outer darkness again. Because she, then it was something that she wanted, and now it's all that she is. Those aspects, those other aspects, or the other parts of her choices have been taken from her. And it's sad, tragic in a way, that the time of the Fae is passing, and that the time of the High Lords and Ladies has already passed. On the other hand, that's the sacrifice they chose to make so mortal kind could thrive. The only thing we can do is honour them for it. I am quite certain the swords can kill her. Moreover, based on what I've divined, I don't even think that it necessarily has to be you that does it, that all others are powerless against her. I think under normal circumstances, Nerissa couldn't be slain if we were to turn a ballista on her or a great golden dragon, um, even something like the Sigurd of the Golden probably couldn't scratch her. But it's a different matter with the swords. That's their purpose. Now mortal become, they're all three swords. All deeds deserve their just rewards. I think merely being in their presence, all three of them, is enough. Anyone who goes with you will be able to strike Titania a mortal blow as well. Well, that's good to know, but... I still... I know you don't know either, but I, but you do understand more about this than me. Yes. And I know you want even more than I do for there to be another way than just striking her down. It's hard to argue with the fact that they're swords. To face the menace of peace were Forged Blades trio. To threaten even the undying account of blow, without them we simply couldn't stop to tamper. It would only be a matter of time before she wore us down. Mm. It would be a matter of a king coming along establishing enough peace in the River Kingdoms to give her a foothold. 
something she was trying actively trying to influence. If not you, me, if not me, someone else. Uh, um, although it's very difficult to picture how Hagrolka could have been the, the man she was looking for. Yes, well, you've assigned counsellors. You understand <laughs> you don't always have the choices you want available to you. I mean, the sad lord I could kind of see, but Hegrolka, I don't think, was ever going to establish. But then, you know, if she'd picked the Stag Lord, possibly he'd have persecuted the lesser... She wouldn't have been able to stop him persecuting the lesser Fae, whereas the Fae would have been relatively safe under Hegrolka's rule. I, I can see why she would prioritise that. I understand what the winds of the First World mean about hate and love without peace became to, to goddesses. What is left is that which remains. Literally, Marissa. Mm. I understand that to face that menace of peace was Forged Blade's trio, to threaten the undying account of blow, something to menace her, something that could win this day. But what about the last two lines? Now mortal be near all three swords, all deeds deserve their just rewards. An end can also be a start, they offer choice to mortal heart. We know they offer choice, the swords offer choice to mortal heart. You choose what you can do with them. I can't. It's not my place. I'm far too fae to even wield them. I can't decide. I can't do this. Even though I want to, I can't. I don't... I don't know if I'm just looking for something that isn't there or if there's a way to help her, a way to save her. I have to believe there is, but I can't do it. Well, we'll keep looking, and I'll just... See if I can talk to her one more time and see what we can... Yeah. I hope... If it's not completely impossible, I ca- hope I can convince her to lay this burden down. There has to be a way. Now, mortal become near all three swords. All deeds, all deserve, deeds deserve their just rewards. An end can also, also be a start. Sword. They offer choice to mortal heart. Now mortal become near all three swords. An end can also be a start. They offer choice to mortal heart. If she is mortal... You're right. You're right. Then she can choose. Then she can choose. An end can also be a start. All deeds deserve their just rewards. You're right. You're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. (laughs) You're right. Oh, well, that makes me feel better. We can... We, you can bring her whatever justice you feel is appropriate. People have died at the hands of these blooms. The old Beldame is dead. Our soldiers are dead at the hands of that Jabberwocky. All deeds deserve their just rewards. You can bring... You can execute her for her crimes. But... If she hadn't blocked Javon... Head of... Kills us all. Or you can reward her for her aid and her sacrifices. All deeds deserve their just rewards. And ultimately, before 
they fought and all this went wrong before she locked time and place and tried to stop. She was one of the original three who stepped aside so that we could exist. She's done a lot for us one way or another and some of it's been good and some of it's been bad. But that's what I wanted to know. If there is a chance, if she has a chance to choose new, I want to see if she'll take it. I don't imagine it's as easy as just being near her. They took those swords out of her, or rather, what they took out of her forged the swords. They're from Titania's very heart it's, it's, itself. Are you saying I have to stab her to make this work? I think, in the end, you decide what you will do with her. But I think if you want to offer her a choice, you're going to have to do a lot more than just stand there with the swords. You're going to have to bring her to the point where you return them to her. How... How would I do that? I fear at this point your method is probably actually closer than mine. And he takes a blade of grass and mimes a stabbing through his heart gesture. Alright. Well, at least it's something I'm good at, I guess. Any end can also be a start. Alpha choice to mortal heart. Alright. Death isn't necessarily the end of this. Nay, and that would make me feel a lot better. Or perhaps it can be if you choose it to, but you won't choose it to, force. No. No. That's what I want. I want her to have that choice to go on. To let this go. Alright. I think that's what I needed to know. Okay, so... Uh, you have interpreted that. Yeah. Um, well done, you. Because yep. I couldn't make that any um, clearer without having Tristan exposit the um, points. Yeah, yeah. Um, so now I can give you further information as a GM. Yeah, I'm happy to have the meta version, but um, that was a cool scene and I'm happy to have had that scene. Okay, so um, the last lines are indeed the important ones. Now, mortal become near all three swords. So simply appearing in her presence, once you are sufficiently near to her, it'll literally be a radius, she becomes mortal, at which point anyone can kill her, you included. So you don't have to worry that... Um, for example, you're going to go and Bryn is going to stand around on the sideline unable to actually contribute to a flag yeah. in any fashion. Bryn will be able to wail away on her, surmounting her mythic godlike DR. Yeah. Which is great, because I'm not big on mythic godlike DR. Um, so that's what that is telling you. Yeah. Um, you, however, there is... Absolutely no way to avoid a final epic battle with her. Yep. 
That does, but that is um, certainly the more dramatic and interesting option. You are going to have to have a final epic battle with her. Yeah. And then you are going to have to end it by jamming all three swords into her heart. Yeah. And then choosing what happens next. Right. Cool. Um, but you have the exact right piece of the thread there. Now mortal become their all three swords. Then they offer choice to mortal heart. Including hers. Which actually means you need to put them into her heart. Yep. Which makes sense, because they literally cut out her heart. Yes. So, essentially, no matter what you do with this, you're going to end up taking her in some sort of epic fight. Yep. Fight scene, which is then going to end with Caelan deciding how he wants to end this. Yep. So, does that um, clarify matters for you? Yes. I, I spent a good while on that divination, and I am um, very proud of it. Are you happy that I figured it out? Yes. I, I just love that now mortal become mm. their all three swords. All deeds deserve yeah, their just, just rewards. This was a great one. Yeah. An end can also be a start. They offer choice to mortal heart. heart. I'm happy with because we went over it three times, and that made it more awesome when we finally figured it out. Yep. Now mortal become. Yeah. The flip side of that being, of course, she will be no longer immortal, at which point you can simply stab all the bejesus out of her and kick her corpse down a cliff if you are so inclined. Of course I can. Uh, the, and the other part of note is, um, as insofar as you've been able to determine, Tristan almost certainly will not be able to do this whether he wants to or not. He struggles to wield the swords in the first place, and your guess would be, your and his guess would be that he actually won't be able to wield them against her. Yeah. Either the effect won't work and she won't become mortal, or he won't physically be able to jam them into her heart. Yeah. Anyone else, however, is fair game. Yeah. Cool beans. There we are. Yep. Okay. So... Is there anything further you want to do with that? No, that's uh, that's the conversation I wanted to have with Tristram, and that's the information I wanted to receive at this point. Yep. Okay, do you want um, what you see in the Forest of a Thousand Voices and draw from that and that sort of thing? Yeah, I figured that would probably be a good conclusion to the session. Okay. So, I can... Montage this if you want to get through it quickly, but I'd probably rather not on the whole. That's fine. Um, I'm happy to do it as actually exploration or um, story stuff or however you want to do it. Uh, I don't think you will actually need to explore this overly much, or rather, if you do, it's going to be pretty damn simple. Yep. Um, so... Possibly if you do get your map out, we'll just do a minor bit of exploring. Sure. Um. I believe it's in the same sheet as the calendar. Um, the yellow one. Or possibly that green one. Oh. Yep, here it is. So, having... Oh, the Glenbourne Uplands. 
Having recruited the exceedingly useful Triss for this sort of thing, he can just actively tell you where the Castle of Knives is. You don't need to go looking terribly far for it. Yep. So presumably we're in A6 right now, because that's the one I've got Castle of Knives is occasionally there. Uh, yes, indeed. I haven't got my map in front of me, but if you've got that previously, it's undoubtedly true. Yeah, no, that's... Because um, the thousand, Forest of Thousand Voices is real big. Yeah. Califraxis's Grove is near the... Yeah. Bottom, whereas the Castle of Knives is near the top. Yeah, so Tristan can, Trist can direct you, sorry, um, and say, you know, whenever I came from the first world, um, I come from there. I, yep. I step out from the Castle of Knives. And Tristan says, well, how, how do you manifest it into being? And Trist says, it's always there. You know, when I leave, it's there. When I go back, it's there. Uh. Oh, it's, it's guided by Titania's will. Yeah. Right. Okay. So it won't be there when you get there because she doesn't want you to come visit. Yeah, and that's okay because we're not trying to go into the Castle of Knives right now. We're just trying to see what Tris wants to, Tristram wants to see in the in the Forest of Thousand Voices. Uh, except that it will be there because um, uh, because I have all the stuff. Yes, cool. So okay, when you arrive in the Forest of a Thousand Voices, it is dense, shadowy woodland, and more so as you pick your way towards the Castle of Knives. But at this point, and this doesn't match your experience in Califrestus Groves, it is strangely desolate. Uh, animals have fled this place sometime fairly recently. Mm. Um, and indeed, the forest itself just looks disturbed. There are lightning-struck trees in here, things that have fallen across the path, that sort of thing. Like, the whole place has just been violently shaken, and... Uh, can Kayla give me an engineering check? Actually, the information we have here. Twenty-four. Okay. So the damage is bizarre in some ways. In some cases, it's the tops of trees are broken. In other cases, it's the bottom root system is given out. In some cases, the land itself is rent in a couple of places, disorderly, nothing like the trenches that have been dug. Um, in other cases, lakes seem to have almost been uprooted and splashed across everywhere. The damage to the forest reminds you nothing so much in all the world as what might happen if you took a ship in a bottle and shook it violently. Yikes. Um, what has happened by defeating the Blooms, by slaying the, uh, Titania's generals... Um, you have done this. Yeah. Um, and it is because on the other side of this in the first world is the fable, which is getting actively damaged in some fashion by what you're doing. Yeah. Um, and the veil is so thin here that's showing you something about the real world that's manifesting in the real world, in the material plane, right? Yeah. Okay, so... Tristan then looks at this and sees if he can draw the conclusion that he came here to draw, which is his knowledge of the planes. And yes, his character sheet is hard to find now that every fucker has the last name Thorn. I don't know if Michaela and Tristram are actually going to get engaged. I mean, I'm hoping so. No, I know, but he's now listed as Tristan Thorn. Bryn is Bryn Thorn. Svetlana is um, still Svetlana Levington. Still Svetlana Levington, I believe. 
But I changed Bryn's name on her character sheet to have Thorn. Yeah, and I, I was right, because she said she wanted to be a Thorn, and Helen was overjoyed. Okay, so Tristan will wallop this knowledge of planes check. Um, says, oh. Then what we're doing, what we've done with her blooms is effectively somewhat like cutting strings holding up a puppet. Or shaking a ship in a bottle? Yes, that's an excellent metaphor. I'm just looking at the way these trees have fallen. Uh, I can't say I was trying to wreck, you know, the landscape. No, no, this is actually in our best interest, what we want to accomplish. Oh, well, that's heartening. Uh, Keep in mind that the fable is Titania's realm. Her will is manifest there. Her will is literally its reality. Yes, I've been a bit worried about the bit where we're going to start from the beginning and go on to the end in a realm where um, she has that kind of power. Now, there are limitations to that, of course. You you as the king, uh, your word is law, as the saying goes. Your will is others' commands. That doesn't mean, however, you can simply manifest a building by wanting it done. But you can certainly order one done. Mm. With Titania, it goes a little further, but the downside to that being that the fable is linked back to her, as it becomes unstable, she'll become damaged. The veil is so thin here that it's right on the material plane. If we do any further damage to it within the fable itself by defeating whatever we find in there, it's possible we'll be able to uproot the entire thing. She's intended to merge the fable with our reality on her terms. We may well end up doing the same thing in reverse, bringing it out here to the material plane. Whatever happens to her, I don't think the fable will outlast her, so that makes a certain amount of sense. But if we can accomplish that before we face her, then her will will no longer be as powerful there, or no longer be her reality. So... Uh, Meta-wise, yes. this is a thing now that you know you can do. Uh, you can uproot the fable. Right. You can force it out of the first world and into the material plane. Okay. And the fashion by which you do that is um, defeat blooms, defeat powerful fae that are linked to it, that sort of thing. Keep in right. mind, there are still a few of them in there. That yeah, because Tristram... The star the misbegotten troll. Tristram gave us, Trist gave us a whole list. I keep doing that. Yeah, so do I. Uh, the Wriggling Man, yeah, again, if I, yeah. if I was doing this again, I'd call them different things. But. I really like it as a character concept, it's just a case of making it. I don't think it applies to the Wriggling no, Man. No, the Wriggling Man will do nothing, because yeah. he is not a fae and he is not linked to this stuff. On the other but hand... But he will kill you to prevent it from happening. Yeah, and, you know, I, I don't need a reason to kill him, I got one. Uh, so, one of the things for this is, like Vordekai, you can functionally end up depowering Titania before you face her by cool. accomplishing this. Sweet. At which point she will then take a string of penalties of some capacity or another. Which sounds marvellous because I still have to do the giant fight with her. Yeah. Cool. And uh, still nobody has been able to tell you anything tremendously useful about her because Triss is just vaguely in awe of her to the degree of, well, you know, she's a goddess. Yeah. She do magic stuff. Well, I spent quite a bit of time with her on... Um for the past three year, three to five years, and that's my take. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so if you want more than that, you're going to have to find another way of getting it, like divinations and that sort of thing. Yeah, but um, 
That's but I know what I need to know now, which is that I can um endeavor to mercilessly stab her to death without necessarily having to destroy her forever. Um, and it can also be a start. That's what I wanted to know because that gives me the freedom to stab her, which is you know something that I kind of need to do if I'm going to be fighting her. I don't really want to do it like Triss and try and get through the whole thing without doing any damage myself. And so, when you go through a thousand, a forest of a thousand voices, you start to head towards the fable itself. Um, and the fable is the realm, all those networked glades yeah. that you have to pick your way through, and then she is in the house at the end of, to- at the end yeah. of time. Because uh, there's a lot of different descriptors here. Yeah. So, when you head through the forest of a thousand voices, you can see something shimmering on the horizon. It's reasonably obvious, even if you didn't already know where it was, because it's a castle sticking out above the place. It looks like it is made of shards of shattered mirror, like an odd reflection of a castle. And the closer you get to it, the more solid and real it becomes and the easier you can see it. The Castle of the Thousand Knives, what you are looking at here is as you get close to it, you are looking at a pile of glass or mirror shards that are reflecting a wide variety of different castles of different styles, all stuck together in a kind of mosaic to form a vague, castly-shaped thing. In them, among other things, you can see Castle Stagthorn, um, you can see Irovetti's Palace, and you can see the kind of hole in the cave wall that Hagrolka was hanging out in. Mm-hmm. Um, these are all mirrored versions of various castles and kingdoms that she has influenced in some fashion or another, reflections of them. And as you go towards them and sort of get out the trophies, you can feel them vibrating. The Castle of the Thousand Knives simply becomes real as you go towards it. It was not there, and then as you go further and further towards it, it becomes more and more solid. By the time you go up to it, dink, dink, it is a very real physical object that you can knock on. And it has a big-ass castle opening archway in it. And Tristan is very comfortable with poking. The, he's quite comfortable that if you poke this, you're not going to get pulled in or anything. Yeah. He says, if anything, quite the opposite. Titania will want to keep us out. Well, that sits well for me for the moment. We're not ready yet. And... To be honest, after the last month, I need a little bit of time to recover, but I figured the scouting mission was well in order. He says, here, give me the the trophies, all of them. Now, walk into it. And Carol will attempt to do so. And Tristan steps sort of ten metres or so back. The Castle of Knives remains real and solid. You walk towards it, you walk towards the archway, and then suddenly something stops you. And you cannot put a single foot closer towards the archway. You walk right up to the point of it, and you cannot cross that threshold and go beyond it. We're on the other side at this point. You can just see the the inside of this strange mirrored castle and forest beyond. But you simply cannot put a foot inside. And what you feel pushing against you is not a physical force of wind or like something pulling you back or anything like that. It is simply... Pure, concentrated will. Somebody does not want you in here, and their will overwhelms you. You cannot set foot in here because Titania wills that you cannot, and her her will is reality. 
you push yourself against a goddess's will, and you simply cannot set a foot beyond here. Yeah, and, um, after um, futilely trying for a while, Kale will back off again. Yeah, Trist tries the, Tristan tries the same thing, for experiment's sake. Uh, the exact same thing happens to him. He's alright. Even as a fae, we cannot defy Titania's will. The gate, the way is not open. Now, try again with the trophies, and he juggles them around, and you try this several times, um, and he says, alright, we need to access this, we need to push against it, we need the invocations that we need. Fortunately, it's fairly simple stuff, and he steps forward and basically tries this with a variety of trophies, trying to work out how many he needs, and you work out at this, you need three for each person that you bring through. And coincidentally, I have seven. Yeah. It appears to count, like, your horses and all your possessions as just being with you. Cool. Um, and then it has the invocation that you have to invoke to go in there, which I can also give you. Yep. Um, which you can read out, or I can read out for you, or whatever as you please. I'd like to read it out. out was an option. I didn't realize it was going to be quite that taxi. Yes. Yeah. It's written on a thing of other notes. Yeah. For my will is as strong as yours, and my kingdom is as great. You have no power over me. And with that, you feel your own will mounting against this. And I'm fair warning, I'm going to want to read that in again before we go in yeah. for the um, final battle. And suddenly, beyond the archway, you see a glade shimmering into being, a large, beautiful forest um, in what looks like the beginnings of the map from Zadiga's Picnic, and your foot goes very slightly forward and you feel the way parting before you. That will is pushing against you, and you can push back and walk through it. And at that point, Tristan, okay, back yep. we go, we're backing off. So yes, it did. It has the command phrase of, for my will is as strong as yours, and my kingdom is as great, you have no power over me. Which I trust I don't need to elaborate on. No, but it's awesome. Through dangers untold and hardships unnumbered, you have fought your way here to the Castle of Knives. Yeah. <laughs> Take back the land she has stolen. Your will is as strong as hers, and your kingdom, kingdom is as great. You have no power over me. Excellent. Okay, and Tristan steps back. Well, now we know. Aye. And it's a good thing that we do. But for now, I'm thinking we go home. I quite agree. I've learned everything I came to learn here. Thank you, though. Put a hand on his shoulder. Nice work with Michaela. I'm sorry for spying, but, you know... At the point that you've been in and out of um, half a dozen people, uh, at the point you've been in and out of everyone in the castle's heads, the um, remembering how to do privacy takes a little bit more work. Oh no, no, I, I quite understand. And uh, believe me, on the whole, I'd much rather you were in in those dreams than not, given what they were like. Mine, uh, yeah, well, not mine were 
bad too. Um, I'm I'm pretty confident, as confident as I can ever be with anything to do with Michaela anyway, that um, she very much wants to be in a relationship with me, that she's uh, a little hung up on this half-orc thing, which I don't quite understand. Um, I, uh, it's a... Uh, but it's obviously a big deal to your people. <laughs> <laughs> Humans don't react well to it, and, uh, you know, we're not as good as... Most of us aren't, aren't as good as looking like different people, and I think for someone who is, I'm hoping over time she'll um, be prepared to let her be her, herself, but I told her you wouldn't mind, but she didn't listen to me. Some of my best friends are Griggs and Centaurs. Why would someone who's only half an orc even register? I, I told her you wouldn't mind, but she 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 didn't. She she said someone like that would never be interested in someone like me. Uh, well, except that you know, she, other people told me that about them, but she more kind of just said other things and let me infer that because, you know, actually saying that would have been way too much communication on the subject. I am also starting to think that uh, Quintessa may have been uh, a remarkably forward woman. Uh, yeah. Uh, Bryn's pretty forward and Quintessa's very forward and whatever scale that's on, Michaela's all the way in the other direction as far as it's possible to go. Look, she hasn't had a lot of experience with men. At all. Really of any kind. I would think. Um, I, I certainly wasn't planning on sleeping with her. Or certainly not any time soon. That was a disaster the last time. I, I gave it up too easily, I think. It's hard for those of us who aren't expecting a woman to be interested in us when um, a woman throws themselves uh, uh, at their head. And the way you trust people is a very special thing, but it does mean that it does mean that people can take advantage of you. And Kellen said the last part in a very in a very cross tone of voice. I do think that she did really care for you, but it was very irresponsible of her to encourage you to give your heart when she knew there were circumstances that would make that very difficult in the future, and she didn't share them with you. Well, I mean, no doubt Quintessa had a reason. She's probably had a harder life as a Daymark assassin than we can really even think of. I think you were just a bit tempting for her, and she didn't know how to make a choice that would be in both of your best interests. I hope she's happy now. I think it's very possible she's as ha she's happy enough. I think I you, wouldn't like to think that I ended up better off than her. Sometimes can you hand me the sword sheet? Yes. All deeds deserve their just rewards. I don't think she's miserable or desperate or, unha or deeply unhappy, but she didn't 
give you as much as you gave to her. And until she can find a way to be that honest with someone, you may just have more capacity for happiness than she does. And that's that ain't your fault. But yeah, Michaela, she's shy. Very, very, very shy. And this is going to be a long... I think this is probably going to be a long, slow process, but I know that you can be what she needs. And I hope that she can be what you need as well. Well, how about we ride back to Elk's Rest and... You as my big brother can give me all your advice on woman. Don't worry, we can slow the horses down. I'm sure it'll take a while. Oh, Lord. He says with complete sincerity. <laughs> oh, God. Isn't it just obvious to anyone who looks at my entire life that success with woman? You sure you don't want me to tell you a, a, a much better way of swinging a sword than you have hitherto encountered? You... Admittedly, you weren't the first brother married, but you... Met Bryn long before Jumandi met Van met Jumandi. Aye, but that was. You seem to know what you're doing. <laughs> it's an illusion. <laughs> you're the only one with children thus far. Uh, I... I mean, not that. Uh, well, obviously, I'd like children. And I don't see any reason that the two of you can't have them in due time. Whatever they may be. <laughs> Look, we're um, hardly a family to be um, picking and choosing that kind of thing. That's very true. <laughs> and even if they um, favour Michaela's blood more strongly, um, I think I've learned... I was worried about it, and I may have said some things which were indelicate, and when I, she hadn't necessarily confided in me, for which I apologise if she's still worrying about. But... Even if one, even if one of them is a little half walk, I think I know a bit more about how to deal with it, and I think this might be a kingdom that's a bit more friendly for all of them than anyone I want growing up. And if any of them favours your blood more strongly, I think that'd be a damn fine thing to have in the family. It, it, it's certainly been damn useful so far. And you know, if they wind up human, there's um, no harm in that either. <laughs> Yeah, I I don't think it's very likely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the lowest percentage chance. Yeah, that's chance. the lowest percentage chance. They're going to wind up half fae. They're going to either wind up half fae or half orcs. Family of fae blooded sorcerer half orcs. <laughs> that's freaking awesome. <laughs> anyway, yes, that that's what Tristan wants. He wants your um, manly advice on what one does with a woman. Sure. So, um, Kaelin actually knows a great deal about Michaela without um, getting into the things that are private confidences. Yes. Although, he certainly has a lot more ground for that now that Tristram knows she's a Savannah-worshipping half Yeah, yeah, they're that, actually... Just, the, the, like, at that point, it's just fundamentally not going over the scary stuff he saw at Candlemere, and I kind of assume she may someday tell Tristram yeah, that yeah. herself. There is now actually, that herself. There's, there's now actually not a lot that you know about Michaela that he doesn't. Yeah, but basically, Caitlin will encourage him in the, the direction of basically that she... Um, isn't very good at communicating how she feels. Yeah. And now that he can talk again, you know, he needs to encourage her in that direction. Yeah. He, she can give him, you know, she can help him watch out for people who might have ill intentions towards him and he can help, you know, her with her trusting people issues. 
which Kevin will try slightly more delicately. Yeah. But yeah, at this point, probably, actually, it would be fair to say, Kellen does know one or two things about women. Yeah, character growth. <laughs> yeah. But it's kind of like how he's got that single positive yeah. point of dexterity. It's yeah. not exactly his strong suit. You marry a woman for like five years and you learn the slightest, the slightest um, tip of the mysteries. Kellen was starting from a pretty low bar. Yeah. <laughs> and only Tristram would think Kellen is an expert with women. All good. Yes. So we ride back to the castle. Yep. And then in the next session, a couple of months Peace reigns. Yes. Yes. But the good kind of peace. Not yeah, yeah. Kind of peace. Like my eye starts twitching every time you say that now. <laughs> so that that's about all I've got for you as a GM. At this yep. point, you're proceeding off your own um, pace and schedule. Yeah, so um, I'm just going to make notes of the couple of scenes I want to do. Yeah, that's about... Um, so to give you an idea of where I'm at... Yep. So I want to do somewhere... Two to four months of kingdom turns. Sure. Um, Kithona is like, I think we're probably about halfway through Kithona at this point, because we were quite close to the end of Neth. Uh, I can actually catch your calendar up at this point, if you desire. Sure. So, um, that report of thorns is when Kaelin, yeah. Is when Kaelin left. Yeah. Um, so... What you've basically got is you've got about a straight week to a week and a half there of your various counsellors going out and fighting uh, monsters. While while I was in the time bubble. Um, Then, and we haven't necessarily defined what happened in precisely what order there, nor do I think it matters over there. No, I think that generically that stuff happened. Yeah. Cool, lovely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so somewhere in Kithona we have a relatively quiet kingdom turn and, you know, do things like cure people of badness and loot giant gold of badness snatchers. Yeah. And then two to three months of generic kingdom just to close out the kingdom style of stuff. Yep. Um, a couple of scenes I want to do. Um, I want to take the kids on a central camping trip, um, all three of them, Tobias included. Yep. So that they can, because they're essentially going to be ruling over the centaurs, so I, I want to introduce them to that kind of culture, that, that, that kind of situation. Um, and I want to have conversations with, um, Triss, Aldous, and Michaela in the next couple of months. Sure. Like, explicitly, once everyone's had some time to recover, yep. and Triss has had some time to adjust to the mortal plane and stuff. Yep. Feel free to do any of that you want to do on screen or off screen as you prefer. Yep. And then, um, Kellen wants to divide treasure, buy a big, and buy a big bunch of gear, because there's no point saving his money at this juncture. Yep. And then at the point that I've done that, I'm ready to head Castle of Knives with.